Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the fifth weekend after Pentecost. Uh, we welcome everybody here in the building today in the sanctuary to worship. We also welcome those who are listening or watching online as well. Uh, for those who are online, uh, as I always remind you, you can go to our website, which is, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find under the resources tab the bulletin for today so you can follow along with the worship service. There is also the give tab where you can give your offering to the Lord and the work of his church. Uh, a few announcements uh, for you today before we begin to worship. As was mentioned last weekend, the Board of Elders has implemented a plan to move back to, to somewhat normal in our worship and fellowship here at Chapel of the Cross. The outline of that plan is in your chapel weekly. Today, we start the first steps of that plan, so we will sing all of our hymns together as a congregation starting today. We will also pass the offering plate during the service. And as you're already aware, the ushers are distributing the bulletins to you as you come into this sanctuary here. And the record of fellowship is, as you look toward the center aisle, the, the record of fellowship is back there in the pew. And we ask you to sign that sometime before you leave today. For the last number of months to accommodate social distancing, Crocus Bookstores had what we um, kind of kind of like a pop-up store in our, in our commons area. Um, the bookstore will be closed during the month of July so that they can restock and kind of reorganize, and then they will reopen back in their normal location uh, back down the hallway a little bit. Um, take a look at the announcement in the Chapel Weekly and, and see how the proceeds from the, from the purchase of those items are used here in the church. They, they're all used to support ministry, and that's a great blessing here. So thank you to the bookstore volunteers. Thank you for your continued support of Crocus Bookstore, and the bookstore will be back open. Uh, it's open today, but back open uh, in, in August. And uh, one last thing, the Walking Together in the Word Devotion Project Devotions are done and ready and printed. Those are available for you at the commons, in the commons area at the Welcome Center. It's kind of a salmon-colored cover, so you can't miss that. So I encourage you to pick that up and take that home and use that. Um, also, just so you're aware, there's the digital version of that devotion project that is always online. Go to, again to chapelofthecross.org under the Resources tab, and you'll find Walking Together in the Word, and you can do that online. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, Gracious God, You Send Great Blessings. That's printed in your bulletin, or you can use our hymnal if you're here, hymn number 782. We stand to sing this together.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sins the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us, according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our redeemer and savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. We sing hymn 548. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, the powers of life and death are subject to your lordship. Where there is illness, give us health. Where there is death, bring forth life. In all things, give us peace in knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. For us, that is, in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading for today is from Lamentations chapter 3. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him and let him be filled with disgrace. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now say responsively with each other, Psalm 30. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. The epistle reading for today is from 2 Corinthians, the eighth chapter. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, 
their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality, as it is written, he who gathered much did not have, mu have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We sing Psalm 738.
Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel, which today is according to St. Mark, the fifth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around as she was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We now sing hymn 846.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. text for the sermon this day is the Old Testament reading uh, counted for, uh, uh, applied for today from the book of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3, and I'd like to read just the first few verses of that once again. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, I'd like anybody who has ever been on a diet to raise your hand. Almost all of us. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've uh, been on a lot of diets. Um, as you can see, they have not done that well for me. But I've tried, and I will continue to try. You know, the, the hardest thing, I think, about being on a diet is it seems like you, you just can't compromise. I mean, you've got to be so focused when you diet. I mean, think about it. You, you can eat so well for breakfast, you know, maybe a little fruit, a little low-fat yogurt, some toast, but no butter, some coffee, but no cream in it. Then you get to lunch, you have a few ounces of turkey on some bread, a little, a little uh, maybe some, some grapes, a little skim milk. And then you get to the snack. And that package of Oreos in that pantry just kind of whispers your name. <laughs> and you think, oh, you know what, I'll just have one. One cookie's not going to hurt anything, just a little compromise. Next thing you know, half the package is gone. And, and you're thinking to yourself, or as you feel a little sick, how in the world did that happen? I mean, I was only going to have one. Just a little compromise. But before you can say Oreo, or the diet is just out the window. Now, compromise is not a good thing with diets. And it's not a good thing with faith either. Not a good idea to compromise your faith in your God because when you do, the results can be just tragic. We see that a little bit in this Old Testament book of Lamentations. Now, I know these verses, especially the verses I just read uh, in chapter 3, they sound very nice. They sound wonderful, in fact. Talking about God's great love and God's great compassion and God's great faithfulness. But to really appreciate these verses in Lamentations, you've got to understand what comes before it. You've got to understand this entire context of that book. It's not a very pretty picture. In fact, first of all, it's a picture of man's unfaithfulness. The prophet makes that whole picture extremely clear for us. Almighty God, he loved the children of Israel. He cared for them, blessed them. But the children of Israel, they began to forget about their God. And they compromised their faith a little here. They deviate, deviated from their faith a little there. They sinned. And then they sinned some more. And the prophet is pretty clear that they sinned not just a few times, but over and over and over again. And their God-defying sin and their covenant-breaking rebellion caused them to lose focus they did their own thing. They set their own standards. And just a little compromise. That's all. They compromised their God. And the word of God, it was not so important to them anymore. And his standards weren't that important to them anymore. And just a little compromise. Kind of like 
One little cookie. Yeah, just one little bit of compromise. Oh, diet is out the window. And when you look at the children of Israel, when you look at the prophet here, when he begins to describe the situation that exists here now in chapter 3 of Lamentations, you listen to what he says in the context of this chapter. It's a story of failure. It's a story of a great tragedy. We have seen affliction, he says. We have felt the whip of righteousness. We know the wrath of God. God has turned his face against us. We hurt. We are desolate. And then, listen to what the prophet says about himself. I'm a laughingstock. I am blocked in every way. I am bitter. I am broken. I am low as I can be. My soul is sunk. I have no peace. I am nothing. These are all quotes from Lamentations 3. This is not a beautiful chapter in the book. And it's not a beautiful chapter in the history of the children of Israel. Just a little compromise, just a little deviation, just a little bit of losing the focus. And what a tragedy for the children of Israel. Not a pretty picture that scripture paints. Now after he gets this whole story told, he says, well, what do we do now? It is hopeless and tragic when you've got a group of people who have really lost their focus, who have com compromised with their God. They've been totally unfaithful. Lord, what do we do now? How do we handle this? How do we handle this sin? And what do we do? We who have been unfaithful, when we have sinned, when we have lost focus, when we have compromised, we have deviated from our God. What do we do? How do we handle it? And the prophet says, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I will remember. I will remember that my hope is in the Lord. Now, this is not just any Lord he's talking about. You know that, right? This is the Almighty God, the King of Kings. He's the Sovereign Lord. He's totally in control of everything. The Bible says that he's the one who is without beginning and without end. He is the Holy One, the one who transcends everything. He's the one who loves with an everlasting love. And boy, you can see that love over and over again in the Bible. Genesis 9, near the beginning of the Bible... Because of punishment and judgment, the flood covers everything. And God comes to his people who are left and he says, I'm not going to do this again. I will make a covenant with you. I will put that beautiful rainbow in the sky and whenever you see it, you will know it. You are my people. And I love you. That's our loving God. He comes to Abraham he says, go to the land that I will show you. I'm your God and I will bless you beyond measure and you will be a blessing to me because I love you. Oh, that's our loving God. Several hundred years later, God goes to Moses. Moses, I will be your God and I will lead you and I will guide you and I will give you my commands. And the people said, yes, you are our God and we are your people. And they journeyed into that promised land. But then they forgot. They forgot that covenant they made with their God. They forgot it, in fact, over and over again. God sends them prophet after prophet to remind them 
that they broke the covenant, that he loves them. And that covenant is renewed. And they break it again. And he renews the covenant, and they break it again. And he renews the covenant, and he break it again. And we come to the book of Jeremiah, and they, they break it again. You come to Jeremiah chapter 31, and it's a beautiful chapter in the, in the Bible. You listen to what God says. He says, I will make a new covenant with my people, because I love my people. The time is coming when I will give them new hearts and new minds, and I will send a Savior to them, and I will forgive their sins. <laughs> what a covenant. What a God. And now, finally, after all that, we hear the prophet speak to us in this text. After he reviews Israel's unfaithfulness and after he reviews their terrible sin, he says, but this, this I remember. One thing gives me hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ends. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his mercy. And that is where our focus is. On a great and a gracious God. That's where our focus must be today and every day. His loving kindness never stops. His mercies, that text says, you can't outrun them. His forgiveness for all of our failures, for all of our sins, it just keeps on coming and coming faster and faster. Like Psalm 23 says, his goodness and mercy pursues me all the days of my life. That's our God, and that's his love, and that's where our focus is. Great is his faithfulness. It's just plain great, he says. Nothing else you can say about that. This God, this loving kindness, this mercy, it's great. prophet remembers God's mercies. He rejoices in his blessings, and he responds. In fact, he spends part of the next chapter telling how he responds to God's faithfulness. He says, I will follow him, and I will meditate on his word. And we say the same. This same God that the prophet is talking about here stands with us today. He comes to us with all of his loving kindness, with all of his mercy, comes to us with his cross, comes to us with the promise of resurrection, comes to all of us with his love and with all of his forgiveness, and by God's good grace, we receive it. And by God's good grace, we respond by following him. But we also respond by sharing him. That's our mission. You know. That's why we're here. That's why our church is here. We focus on Jesus, our Savior, and, that, and we pray that through us, others will come to focus on him too. We have the light of Christ shining in our lives, and we have the Spirit at work in our hearts. Now, God says to us, I want you to live like people who have that light of God turned on in your hearts. I want you to love as I have loved. I want you to serve as I serve. I want you to live as a little light in this dark world. I read a, a wonderful story of Richard and Donna Heyman from Anton, Iowa. They were deeply touched by the light of Christ in their lives. God was very active in their hearts and in their lives. And they, 
They had to respond to that. So, so what they did was that they, they paid for their town's electricity bills. <laughs> the bills for that community of 650 people that month totaled more than $25,000. And Richard, who's a 75-year-old retired farmer, he simply said this. He said, the Lord has always been very good to us, and so have the people of this community. So I always thought that we ought to be doing something in return, if we could. God had come into the Haman's lives, and his lights had shone in their hearts, and they had to share it. <laughs> they literally shared the light. They shared the light of Christ. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that we should see if we could pay the electric bills of the people of St. Louis. I think it would be a little more than $25,000. But the Hamans give us a wonderful example of what happens when the light of Christ lights up our hearts. It needs to be shared. He needs to be shared. Others need to focus on the light, on the light of Christ, and they need that light in their hearts. As the light of Christ shines on us, may we all reflect that light, and we, may we show our world that clear, that bright, that beautiful picture of our Lord and our Savior. He is loving. He is gracious. He is faithful. And it is our call, it is our duty, it is our purpose to share that good news of our loving and our gracious and our faithful God. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as together we <clears throat> confess our common Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And today we uh, finally have the opportunity to once again praise God with our offerings.
please stand and let us pray together for the whole people of God and everyone according to their needs. Merciful God, we are unworthy of your mercy, but your steadfast love forgives the unworthy and undeserving through the merits of Jesus. Forgive our sins and lead us to repentance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we are quick to judge and condemn, but your mercy seeks to restore the lost. Lead us to forgive others as you have forgiven us and extend the hand of peace in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would bless those who serve in your name, that they may be examples of faithfulness. Guide your church to the fulfillment of your will and the prospering of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Ruler of all nations, uphold all those in authority of government, especially our president, Joe Biden, our governor, Mike Parson, and all who make, judge, and administer our laws. Give them boldness and compassion for the punishment of evil and the defense of the weak, especially the unborn, the infirm, the aged, and the destitute. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amid our sickness, sorrow, struggles, and pain, grant us healing, relief, hope, and peace at the last. Today, we especially remember Jennifer Krotz, Cheryl, er, Cheryl Light Lacey, Mel Neustadt, as he has surgery this week, and Marla Ackerman, as she is hospitalized. Grant them all your comfort and sustain them to eternal life in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, give a special measure of your peace and comfort to those mourning the loss of loved ones. We especially remember Wendy Scales and her family upon the death of her mother this past week, and Peggy Silva and her family, as her mother has also passed in this past week. Bless this family, Lord, with the knowledge and comfort of your love and presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we give you special thanks and praise, along with those who are celebrating special gifts of your grace, including Jay and Jamie Zervingis and their family on the birth of a son, Matthew Eddy, this past week. Give your abundant blessings to Matthew and provide for his parents as they love and care for this child entrusted to them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and always teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We now sing our final hymn, which is number 809.